Hi and welcome to an exciting launch um, as we launch Shaky's Rugby Show. Um, first and foremost, I'm going to put this on record to say that I don't claim to be a specialist in rugby uh, as an ex-Scottish cricket internationalist. That's uh, certainly not my forte, but I do have a keen interest in the sport. Um, but my man, my co-host, uh, Mr Flanners, a little bit more of a rugby, rugby background. Mate, I remember um, Adam Roxburgh telling me when I was 16, Flanagan, you're going to be good at some sport which has got to do with balls and uh, you know, hand-eye coordination. And I fancied myself as a player, actually, when I was 16, uh, played a little bit for the Harlequins. And to be honest, I remember playing against Hoyk and Stuart Hogg running through me when I was 17 under lights uh, at Pointer Park. And I went and tackled them high and I've never played rugby again since. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, we, we've got obviously Fordy was the most capped Scottish player, uh, Roger Baird. Uh, we've had Jim Telfer, and uh, you know, we've had a few few boys back in the day, um, being Jim Jeffrey, sorry, no Jim Telfer, get your facts right, Ryan. Um, so <laughs> yeah, Kelso's produced a few players, mate, but rugby, ah, listen, I certainly I've always enjoyed it, um, and, and watched it, but these two lads here with us today will, will give us a good insight into it. But yeah, obviously, what a great result to come off the back of that last weekend. Um, so Good, some good talking points, hopefully. Definitely. Very interesting, man. Interesting. Never, you wouldn't think such a small place would produce so much sporting talent. You being you being one of them, Ryan, you know, especially quality, quality cricketer. Um, moving in, moving into the specialist then. So now that we've got out of the way that uh, the two of us uh, are not uh, that knowledgeable in rugby, we're okay. That's why I brought in the, uh, the specialists. I'm very privileged to be joined by two Scottish international rugby players. I'll start by introducing Rory Jackson. How you doing, mate? Good, mate. Good. Um, yeah, surviving. And actually, my cousin uh, was, has been playing for Kelso quite recently. Um, they're both uh, Melrosians, but they're uh, but he he ventured over and he's he's played a few seasons at Kelso. So um, yeah, I've got a wee family connection there now as well. So it's. Uh, Nice, nice. <laughs> You're rocking a new look, mate. I'm used to seeing the 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 tash and the beard. And what's the what's the story? Oh, you know, new new job. I've got to look a bit smarter now to deal with clients. Um, I just like keeping things interesting. I think since I've joined uh, my new job at Glenturret, I've every time I go up six, I've only been up sporadically because of uh, COVID and. Uh, the guys seem to <laughs> need a few double takes to actually realise who it is because I've changed changed my look every time I've gone up. But um, you've knocked a few years off, mate. I'm telling you, I thought there might be a modelling contract or something on the horizon. You know, you're looking, you're looking, you're looking, looking suave. Uh, but great to great to have you with us. Um, and then, oh, last but not least, um, also Scottish internationalist. You know, in a, living currently in some warmer climates than the rest of us, I welcome uh, Adam Ash to the show. How you doing, big man? Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm glad to be here. And, uh, no, I'm sure you'll see that I'm... Oh, fuck. Sorry, as the signal went. No, no, no you're, you're there, you're there, you're there. You're still recovering from your, 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 your dip. You're still recovering from your dip, I think. Uh, you're still, uh, still just waking up. But yes, continue. Yeah, I've got a bit of shock after uh, jumping in that uh, extremely warm sea. An ice bath, normally you would get a shock from, but no, nah, it's... Uh, I'm I'm good. I'm in Hawaii. You see, I'm not. I'm sitting outside at the moment. Obviously, not back home in the, the five inches of snow, or whatever it is that you guys have. But uh, yeah, I've been on a bit of a, a journey the last three or four weeks, trying to get myself over to the US for my new contract uh, in Los Angeles. So yeah, I hope hope you guys aren't too jealous of me sitting in the heat just now. But uh, no, it's it's good to be joining you. It's currently eight oh eight in the morning here, so ten hours behind. But we'll make it happen. Well, I just, you know, I just want to just want to say this. Like, I was met. We were chatting over message a week, couple of weeks back, and you'd said to me, "Oh, couldn't you get the visa sorted in London? It was it was really difficult. It was taking time." So, I mean, they've flown us out to Bermuda for ten days. So, I'm I'm, I'm in Bermuda for ten days, and I was thinking, "You bloody cheeky, you cheeky <laughs> bugger!" Ten days in Bermuda, but you seen some action in Bermuda. You went through a what was it a tornado, hurricane, or something? I was so we were expecting to get ourselves out there and for the weather to be pretty decent, but uh, it turns out that they do get uh, a bit of rubbish coming through in sort of January and February. So we had two tropical storms when we were out there. I mean, it, it weren't as bad as hurricanes, but they were still like 
80, 90 mile an hour winds. And obviously when you're right next to the coast, it feels as if your hotel room window is going to come in. So it was pretty uh, pretty exciting, but uh, we, didn't, we didn't actually get, this will sort of ease the jealousy a little bit, but we didn't get too much good weather in Bermuda. Um, but then we went to LA for a while, done a quarantine there, and then we're now in Hawaii where it's, it's bloody lovely, man. It's it's really nice out here. So we managed to get the the, the visa sorted to Bermuda. It basically involved us being over there for two weeks um, because the, the US embassy in the UK is really slow at the moment just because it's all blocked up and there's there's appointments that have been delayed and stuff. So that was the reason for going to Bermuda. And uh, yeah, now we're here. We're, we're cracking into it. This is a third day of pre-season training camp in Hawaii. So we're, we're here for four weeks. I am. All the heads are shaking. All the heads are shaking. Uh, listen, also, big congratulations. Sorry, boy, sorry, sorry. Big congratulations. Uh, recently married. How's married life treating you? Uh, it's good. It's um, It's been pretty fast and a lot of things happening. Uh, we wanted to get married before we headed out here. Again, it all kind of comes down to the visa stuff, but i glad to get it finally done. It was uh, a long time coming. We'd been engaged for for over three years, and uh, it's nice. Alisa's actually back in LA at the moment, so the girls stayed back there. Um, so lads only on this tour, um, so she's um, she's enjoying herself back there. I'm sure getting out and about. I think she was down at Manhattan Beach the other day and trying to just get to know the place. And then I think she'll be trying to look for a place for us to live. So she's busy, but um, yeah, we'll be apart for the next kind of month or so. But looking forward to getting back to LA and getting settled in. Brilliant, mate. Brilliant. Well, look, it's. We'll be following your journey closely out there um, and wish you wish you all the best, even if we're slightly jealous. So let's get into it then, lads. Start with you, Ruri. Great weekend. Um, Scotland away on English soil. 38 years. Great victory. Yeah, it was, uh, it was unbelievable. Um, it was a crying shame that there was no fans and, and no pubs open that we could actually go out and celebrate. There was... Been a lot of uh, jumping around in houses, just um, as families and couples and stuff, I'm sure. But and I've heard a few people saying they they're going to wait until things open up and uh, and they're going to throw some parties and rewatch it and <laughs> and claim that it's happening live and, and celebrate then. Um, but no, it was it was it was awesome and it was like the I wouldn't say it's a dampener, but like the only thing you could really say is that should have probably beaten them by more uh, by more points. Um, they comprehensively outplayed them um, from like set piece to, to broken field pay to kicking management. So Finn and Hoggy were kept pinning them back. Um, say so the only success and threat that they had was uh, at the start when they got a couple of charge downs on Pricey um, at scrum half. And that was the, the only time that they looked semi-threatening. And it was just really satisfying to watch us dominate an English team down on, on English soil. Did you did you have did you go into it with expectations that you thought we could do it? I definitely think the team there thereabouts it looks on paper and the way the way they've sort of been building are definitely able to challenge more. I think the the one worry is that you think that England might be able to just batter their way through and just bludgeon their way uh, to victory and just. But I think the the pack now and you look at the front row, um, especially with not just the starting starting guys, but bringing off the bench like Savoli Kebble and, and VP Nell, you're two great scrummagers. And it just um, it means after 60 minutes or something, you can bring on some fresh, powerful legs that will just keep keep that um, English batting ram at bay. And, and I'd say we almost got the edge on it, and, or we definitely did get the edge on it. And so it was, it was nice to see that we weren't overpowered. And I think that definitely puts us in a good place moving forward. Again, like the Welsh are another, another physical team and um, we've shown that we can stand up and, and more than hold our own. Um, so there's definitely the makings there for something good this tournament. You never, as a Scotsman, want to speak too, too soon because that, that hype train can come flying yeah. off the rails. But it's, um, I think there's a lot of excitement and, and quite rightly so for, for a long time coming. Rudy, I was going to ask, and, and obviously being a number 10 mate yourself, I, I thought i seen a level, I, I know Finn Russell, he certainly struts around, doesn't he? And he, he, he shows a level of arrogance, but... I thought, you know, that must have been a massive game for him being left out of the of the team, you know, back, back obviously by Gregor uh, at the back end of the last tournament to come back in. I thought he just dictated the play. He looked incredible. Um, he had a big difference, didn't he, in the game? Massive. Um, 
Like he's without doubt one of the best players in the world. He's got full armory from from passing to running to kicking um, and, and running in the. Um, I think because he's got such amazing flair and, and can do incredible things. He's, he'll get and because he does look a bit swaggerish and um, sometimes like he's just out, out on a park just having a kick around with mates and it's just like people question his management of the game and, and how he can control and dictate things. Um, and I think he just showed showed the world that he, he's got it all and uh, he can do that. He just, he put in an absolute masterclass. Um, His vision was incredible. His vision's unreal, isn't it? Just the, the way he reads the game. I, I just, you know, number 10 is, I think, one of the most important, you know, number of, say, position in the park. But the way he dictated the game was incredible. And I thought, um, was it Van der Merwell on, on the wing was, was outstanding as well. But Hamish Watson, I was watching Hamish Watson up front. He's, He's a, he's a hard boy because like, these English lads are not small when they were going hard they were coming hard you know and, and that's one thing the first time I have to admit and I mentioned to you boys um, the Scottish nation we've always been a, a bunch to sort of fold over quite easily in the past haven't we when it comes to a lot of sports but they got they got battered on Saturday but they stood up to it and that's that. I, I thought they outplayed them it was, I really did it was it was incredible to watch at times Ashley no, you're obviously you're obviously a big um, you're a big Big pals with Finn, you know he's a he's a close, um, you know is this is this just is this is he going to be the the future for the next couple of years now moving forward? I mean, guys clearly got a lot of natural ability. Oh, he's always had it, Finn. Um, you know, talking about his vision there, like he's always been a guy that's had phenomenal hand-eye coordination. Like you know, whether it's him playing badminton, he's a good golfer. He has that ability to just sort of turn it on. Um, you know, I think one of the big things for me out of the game on the weekend is that obviously probably out of the last three years, Finn's had a couple of really big performances against England. You know, he sort of turned that game around, I think it was in 2018, uh, when it was sort of 38-all draw. And then on the weekend, obviously another good performance. And in the lead-up to a game where we're obviously... The players are in contention for line selection this year. And, you know, you look at, you know, the past probably couple of Lions tours, uh, Finn made it out onto the last one eventually. But you know, I think Scottish players have probably been overlooked um, over the last, well, probably for, for a long time now. Um, and I think what we can take out of that game at the weekend is, is hopefully a lot of hope that we're going to see more Scottish players feature um, in the summer after certainly two two good performances in the last few years against England. So, yeah, he's he's just a, he's an exceptionally talented guy. But I think one of the things that has really sort of come out and, and is sort of uh, pertinent to me is the fact that probably in the last two or three years, his work ethic is sort of the way that he looks at games, the, the way that he analyses the opposition. He spends a lot of time during the week and build up to games, looking at where there might be opportunities you know, is there, a, is there a, an opportunity to put a kick in or to manipulate a defender? It's something that he speaks about a lot. I've listened to, obviously being friends with him and listening to him sort of do interviews and stuff. It's something that he puts a lot of emphasis on. And I think as he's got older, has sort of grown and, and been a big part of his career. So, yeah, what what a player. And yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. You know, if, if him and Gregor can um, continue to, to see eye to eye and, and by all means, my understanding is that they are getting on well now. Uh, and they've moved through that rough patch. Finn's, you know, he's going to be in that in that position for sorry to, sorry to a long time you. now for Scotland. Sorry, sorry to prod here, but I don't know the background. Did they, have they had a bit of a lover's stuff? Yeah, so I, there was an issue. It must have been about a year ago now. I can't remember exactly when, but uh, I, I think there was an incident in camp where I think Finn had had a few beers and, you know, Gregor wasn't happy about it. Um, and Finn had wanted to sort of, I think, confront him a little bit because he wasn't happy with the way that things were being run in camp and he felt like his freedom was being thwarted a little bit. Um, and that sort of culminated in a, a difficult conversation in which I think Gregor had said to Finn that he, he wanted Finn to go home from camp. And Finn being the way that he is, you know, he's, you know, he's his own man. He's, he's, he's a proud guy. You know, he was like, well, fine, you know, don't want me there, I won't be there. And he went back to France and played played his rugby there. So that happened. Um, 
And obviously they went through a bit of a, a rocky period. You know, I think a lot of Scotland supporters were extremely upset that Finn wasn't involved in Scotland games for a while. I know Finn was upset. He wanted to be playing, but, you know, I think the two of them were sort of working through these issues. But now we're at a point where, you know, from speaking to Finn, they're getting on very well. You know, they're, they're two, two guys who are, are very much set in, in their own ways and pretty strong-minded. And I think you have to be to be, obviously, the the kind of coach that Townsend is, the way that he played the game, and also to be the kind of player that Finn is. You know, you have to be extremely confident in how you go about things and be sure about yourself. So I just think there was a bit of a clash there, but, you know, it seems like things are good now. Rory, how important do you think uh, Gregor Townsend now is? Um, you know, we've started well. As you've said, we never like to get too far ahead of ourselves as Scotsmen. Um, big game coming up on Saturday against the Welsh. What do you think Gregor would have said to them? How, how, how do you keep a bunch of guys calm and focused on the next game when you've just beaten England? It's, it's a tough one. It's uh, I think it's probably one, one good thing is the fact that you, d- you definitely can't, can't go out and celebrate at the minute. So it's um, <laughs> there's certainly no risk. There's certainly no risk of hangovers coming into this weekend. Um, so yeah, they'll have got back. And I think one of the great things as, as Ashley's alluded to is that the fact that there's, they've actually got a lot of players that are putting their hands up for lion selection later on in the year. If that does go ahead. So there's always that little caveat in the background that you're never going to sort of slip up in terms of the the way. Not that you really should anyway, but like you're you're going to be on it like 110. percent Going to be focused. You're going to be looking at ways to make sure you're, you're putting yourself in the best possible position for that. And that the most the easiest way for that is to be playing in a winning team. And we've got off to a great start. We've got momentum. I think Gregor's whole message this week will just be to be building on that. I think he's slowly starting to find a, a balance in the game that, that suits Scotland. I think when he came in, he, he was all about this, we want to play the quickest uh, rugby in the world. And that is a really good mindset to have when, you, when you're attacking and things like that. But sometimes, especially international rugby, you can end up running up your own arse a little bit and defences are so good that they, and the, the teams are so good that they capitalise on any mistake. So it's, it's really high risk. And so when it's good, it's great but when it's not it's easy to come unstuck and then he almost went too negative and started just kicking everything mm-hmm. and that just doesn't suit suit Scotland necessarily in terms of a, a kick chase and uh, defence and teams were probably more more suited to it the likes of Ireland are very good at it, England but um, I think we've now found a balance where it's sort of we are kicking still quite a lot but it's on our terms they're looking to manipulate it's maybe Finn coming around the corner and putting in a, a cheeky kick or using hoggy for it with, with his cannon uh, and spiral kicks and stuff like that and and little little other sort of cross field kicks and and how you can look to retain the ball so it's that balance where it's it's not always just kicking for the sake of kicking there's a reason there's a purpose uh, and and quite often it will end up in, in us getting the ball back or putting pressure on teams so I think there's a nice balance there now I think Wales are going through a transitional period so I think there's a real good opportunity to make it two from two. And, uh, and put ourselves in a really good position that sometimes we don't normally put ourselves in the Six Nations. So it's exciting. Rudy, did you, Rudy and Adam, you both, I think you both played, or sorry, you, did you play under Gregor? Yeah, both of you, you mm. experienced his leadership, both of you. Yeah, de- yeah. Um, like I, I had yeah. him, I've done a lot of work with him in the past. He was Scotland's back coach when I was uh, sort of breaking onto the scene. So I did a lot of work with him. He was kind of a mentor for me. And then he became head coach at Glasgow and yeah. like his the way he sees the game and the way he wants to approach the game um, he certainly naturally and the way he played it he was naturally suited to that attacking style so I think he almost got too I don't know uh, surrounded in stats and things to what it was to be a success to success or a winning team in, in international rugby and I think he kind of lost his his identity but I think he's shifting back now and the SU have thankfully allowed him time so I think he's growing into the role he's getting better that man management side of things where obviously butted heads with Finn a little bit but they've come together and they seem to grown out of it as well they, they've both improved and as long as you can keep keep that improvement and growth sort of mentality then there's there's no problem having the odd failure because that's where you learn the most and it seems like they're using those failures to actually learn and implement things going forward what are you looking at big lad you're pointing up in the sky and all that. What have you seen? I've just, I've, I've, 
I've never sat out here before. I'm sitting outside my room, but I've just seen this massive spider. And I'm like, <laughs> I'll just keep my eye on it to make sure it doesn't come anywhere near me. It looks like it might be poisonous. So if I move, then you know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand. I'll keep an eye on that, mate. Keep an eye on that. Look, something I just want to touch on before we go on to look at the look at the upcoming fixtures is um, there was a lot of controversy, which was unfortunate a little bit um, after such a such a fantastic win. But there was a there was a two images um, that were were kind of making their way over all the social media. Um, obviously, we've got this uh, BLM Black Lives Matter movement that's been uh, very very visual, you know, been really clear in the in the football world. For instance, all the teams have been doing it, and this was the first time that I think rugby with uh, with a tournament like Six Nations had done it, and it, it just didn't look great from a, from a spectator's point of view that. For instance, three quarters of the English team took a knee. A quarter of them didn't. Three quarters of the Scottish boys didn't take a knee, and a quarter did. It would have made sense almost. I think. I think it, it almost made the guys that didn't take a knee look bad. So I wanted to just get an input from from you two guys and what your your thoughts. We'll go to you first, Ashley. Just keep an eye on the spider. But what's your what's your take on it? Yeah, it's an interesting one, and it's obviously a, a touchy subject, and there's definitely no straightforward answer to it. So what I would say is that based off what happens there in terms of who takes an E and who doesn't, I don't think it's a... I wouldn't be judging somebody as... I wouldn't be judging somebody's character based off that. I think that there's a lot of things that come into to these matters, you know, in terms of the two groups that you mentioned there, there are certainly, I think, affiliations, you know, certain groups that follow these groups that people probably don't want to be affiliated with. Um, you know, and I know, I think Jack would, would say the same. We know a lot of these guys that are obviously standing there and, and not taking a knee, and we know that, like, <laughs> we know they're, like, completely good guys and would never be involved in anything remotely racist. So I think, you know, there's so many different things that come into it, um, you know, and for me, it's not that they don't support um, these things. It's just that, you know, they maybe don't want to to do it because there are other affiliations and it's not, it's not black and white, excuse the pun, <laughs> in terms of like, what um, you know, what these these groups are all about. So I, that's what I would say. Um, it's not something that I would feel. I don't feel like I'm ex somebody who could comment much on it because I don't know much about either or of the kind of groups. So I, I, I've not got much to add on it. But Jacko might have some stuff. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, yeah, I don't have too much more to add to that. I don't think. I know. Um, believe in Apollo. He. He's he's uh, not kneeled uh, a couple of times now uh, when it's come to it, and and his reasoning was religious um, reasons for it, and again because it was linked to the the political movement, the more sinister one with the the Black Lives Matter that they um that there was a lot of looting and and Bibles getting burnt, and and there was some pretty pretty bad stuff going on, and and that's certainly not where the sort of the, the crux of the, the Black Lives Matter movement did did come from, and and certainly not um, something that is in line with the the proper messaging that that should be coming out of it. And I think when you look, I think there was a bit of I saw Ali Price actually had a bit of a statement about it as well, and I I just think there might have been a little bit of confusion um, within the ranks of exactly what was meant to be going on. I don't think there was. I don't think anyone's told them necessarily like okay that we're doing this sort of minute um, I was going to say that Rudy I yeah. think there needs to be some form of leadership and ownership from the either the the SRU or the governing bodies of these guys to say listen this is what we're actually doing or, or yeah. what we're not doing you know you put the put the players in a very difficult position there I think the, the, the more senior people yeah I think so because I think there's um there's something I read somewhere that was something like I think, I think the statement the the messaging is stand up to racism so like th like this this could be a really simplistic view of things, but like some people might be like, well, stand up to racism. I'm gonna like it's standing up. It doesn't say kneel. Yeah. Like it's just like, 
and it could be like and you like as a rugby, as a as a player like about to play one of the biggest test matches of your career um so much stuff's going through your head and if you if you don't have guidance on it and it's like, like without taking away freedom of speech or thought or, or or just becoming robots if there was some sort of guidance on it it's like right guys we're we're doing this the message to to stand up or to kneel you've obviously got a choice but the aim is to to show a support of the the movement um and we're, we're making a a place that rugby is inclusive and and because there's there's not a, certainly of all the guys i know there's not a racist bone in those guys and it's just um but it does give confused messaging to the to the people watching and it gives fuel to That's certain right. things as well and it's um so it's a it is it's a it's an intricate matter that I think has not been handled the best. And it'll be interesting to see what happens moving on in the, in the six nations. Well, I mean, just that, that's been a talking point, but then what's that, what that's done is it's raised other talking points. One of them being that, you know, why do we not see more people from an Asian background um, or other backgrounds playing rugby? Now I'll put this on record first and foremost and say that, listen, growing up football. Yep. Cricket. Yep some guy running through me and trying to take my head off or knock me over the touch, you know, I, I just a bit, like I said at the start, a bit of touch rugby is all right, but I just was no interested in what you boys chose to do as your, as your careers. It's not, it's, it wasn't for me. And, and I think that might be the mindset of a, of a lot of other fellow Asian people from that background. What do you, what do you think? Actually, I mean, growing up, have you come across many people from an ethnic background that have that have played rugby, do you see many around the clubs? What what do you think? What, why do you think it doesn't? Why do you think that's the case? Yeah, it's an interesting one. You know, I think uh, probably in the UK, like rugby's probably been a sport that's sort of been traditionally played by by white people. Like it's just just kind of the way that it always has been. Uh, but interestingly, from playing rugby in other countries, like I remember going to New Zealand, played out there for four months when I was 20 years old. And it's very different out there. You know, like rugby is very much part of the culture. And it is in Scotland, but uh, there's a different degree out there. And you have all sorts of people involved in rugby out there, all sorts of different backgrounds, you know, um, all sorts of different skin colours and all, and all this. So I, I think it's... I think it's just probably a little bit of tradition in here, but it's fantastic to see that that these things are starting to be broken down. You know, even if you look at Glasgow Warriors, we've got big Kieran McDonald. He's he's got a bit of Indian, I think, in him. So he's and he's enormous as well, by the way. He's like six foot six and one hundred twenty kilos. So he ain't a small guy. But you know, I think for me, the reason that I probably got into rugby was probably just because, like, probably opposite to you, I was a bit bigger than everyone else. So it was quite fun um, because I had an advantage, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that as rugby grows and, and as the popularity grows in the UK, we'll start to see people from different ethnicities and different backgrounds come into the sport. And, and I think it's probably more a reflection of where the sport's at rather than the inclusivity of the sport. Um, you know, if you look at football, for example, you know, it's, everybody's involved in football, you know, like all sorts of different people. So it's probably just a matter of sort of where the sports come from and, you know, I think these things are starting to change and, um, and as rugby's grown, more people are getting involved. Yeah, that's a uh, um, couple, of, couple of things, I think, like I, like, I guess it's how things are portrayed in different, different countries and communities a little bit, because like, this, this might just sound absolutely ridiculous, but like, have you ever seen, there's a this ridiculous video i don't know if it was a movie or what that was made it was like a bollywood movie of rugby and if you've not seen it like youtube <laughs> bollywood rugby or something like that and it is just like it's it's violent it's just like they've <laughs> made it like you will get murdered if you play rugby pretty much and it's just like <laughs> like it's just so i just think like for these sort of countries it's just not accessible or it's just not seen properly on TVs, I imagine, like, if you thinking of, like, India, Pakistan, like, all these sort of places, like, I imagine, like, I obviously don't know from experience, but I imagine the majority of it will be sort of, like, cricket, 
I've never ball. seen I've never seen in my life a rugby ball in Pakistan. That's yeah, what I'm saying. I've never seen a rugby ball. I say, Shaky, have you got any mates that ever played rugby? Honestly, you know, when I've actually started thinking about it this week, I don't know. I don't know of any fellow it Asian back, mates. It comes back to the parents, doesn't it? It comes back to what you're growing up watching, like Indian, Sri Lankans, Pakistanis, yeah. it's all cricket. That's what it is. And it's like a religion for some of these people. Whereas if you're born in Kelso, like myself, it's rugby, isn't it? Uh-huh. Rugby or football? Rugby or football? Let's let's be honest. In Scotland, it's one it's one or the other. Um, surprisingly, uh, but then in the, in the cricketing front, the Asians have got so much in, you know so much influence in, in Scottish cricket. You go to any cricket yeah. club, um, for instance, a, a cricket club that I, I come from, Clydesdale Cricket Club. You go into the ground, you'll probably see seventy to seventy five percent Asian kids, twenty five percent white kids. Uh, I, I, so I don't think it's a. I think it's been sad this week because I think a fantastic victory has uh, the media has kind of you know tried to push more towards making rugby come across completely as a, as a racist sport, and and I, I'm talking to you two, both Scottish internationalists. It's clearly not the case, but there's maybe barriers that that need to maybe we need there needs to be ways to look at trying to include other other groups of people involved in the sport. And, that, and I think Scotland winning the Six Nations in 2021 would be a great way for people to go, whoa, this is an interesting sport. Um, let's let's get involved in that. Yeah, no, definitely. And I'd say like, so I played down at Harlequins uh, down in London and they, they've linked up with a, or they've got a guy who runs a charity and they, they quite often send out um, players that will be in, the, in their off season, so in the summer, and they go out to India um and they run uh kids camps in india uh and i guess that's obviously further field that's like i think the sort of guess what you're more talking about is sort of within local uh, local communities getting out to these these communities and trying to include them but it's it's interesting to see the sort of um sort of speaking to the guys that have been out to india to do stuff and and there is probably a bit of an appetite for it and 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 it's just something that is like when you get taught it properly and, and it's, it's such a great game because it should be an inclusive game. It's, it's a team that it's a game that's sort of all about camaraderie, sort of everything, every good point that comes out of team sport is like pitched in rugby, I think. And it's just like such a, such a wonderful sport, even if you, no matter what level you play at, I think there's so many positives that come out of it. Um, so it'd be great to definitely include, get mm-hmm. more different communities involved and in, in playing. So it's just a, it's just a great, great sport. I think. Yeah, I really appreciate. That was really interesting to hear both of you speak on that subject. Um, I think a lot of people listening will maybe get a bit of a different view on things. Both of you, like I said, these two guys on screen have played with pretty much all of these boys that were playing at the weekend, and it's clear to see that you know there's 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 no racist body in in any of them. And, and to be fair, when you're looking at the picture. You could tell that a few of them looked confused. They, they, it wasn't like it was a right lads were doing this, as Flanners was saying. It wasn't. It didn't look clear cut. The other four or five boys that did it, they were obviously it was in the back of their mind that we're going to we're going to do this. But a couple of the other boys were kind of just looking, and they looked a bit bewildered by it. Also, you know, there's a lot. There's obviously a, a lot more to it, and I think we shouldn't uh, shouldn't label these guys like that whatsoever. That's very, it's very judgmental, and that's it's the wrong way to go about it. So let's get back to some more positive things. Saturday, we're playing the Welsh. Are we going to turn the Welsh over? Or is this going to be one weekend of uh, great buzz and then, oh no, back to same old Scotland? Uh, I'm pretty confident. I think um, I sort of alluded to it briefly that Wales are in a bit of a transition. They've got new coaching. They've not got a settled squad. Um, they actually had a few injuries. Um, they did beat the Irish at the weekend, but Ireland were down to 14 men for a large part of that and still had a chance to win um, towards the end. So certainly no fear there, I don't think. Um, although sometimes fear, a little bit of fear is a good thing. So it keeps you on, on edge and, and, and focused. But um, I think it's, it's ours to lose, put it that way. That's how I feel. That's a big call, actually. Because I thought I thought the Welsh are a pretty strong unit usually in general. No, I think I think the French, but really I don't know. Adam, you've seen the highlights, but the French looked frightening as well. I thought they looked favourites to me. Yeah, I think I watched um, watched the the French game and I thought they looked like Jouet. 
You know, like they played some exciting rugby. They were throwing the ball about. They were, yeah, they, they just looked extremely, you know, when things just come off. Yeah, the French are obviously known for the way that they play the game. They, they like to throw the ball about. They like to express themselves. But it seemed like the game on the weekend there was just one of those games where things were, were coming off. And if they can play consistently like that through the tournament, then they're going to be a big threat. My interpretation of how the game's going to go this weekend is I think that Scotland will be favourites to win the game. The last time we played Wales, we beat them. They are, as Jacko said, that they're coming off the back of a slump. You know, they're, they're, they've been struggling. They played Ireland on the weekend, who are a tough team. You know, when they go down to 14 players, very difficult to win an international rugby game. So I, I'm really impressed with the way that the Scotland team's looking at the moment. I think that there are certain areas of the, the team that are exceptionally strong and com could compete with the best teams in the world. Um, I think I, I was really impressed with, and I have been impressed with how the back row has been looking over the last year. Um, you know, I think that we're at a point where Matt Fagerson has to be playing eight consistently for Scotland. Like, I, I think he should have been for a long time, but he hasn't been. There's been a bit of chopping and changing and, you know, different players coming in and out. You know, you've got, you've got that, um, it's certainly at six, you've got Jamie Ritchie, who's, you know, he's playing exceptionally well at the moment. And you've got Hamish, who's like, I don't know what the hell Edinburgh have done to keep Hamish Watson there for another few seasons. But by God, that guy is on fire at the moment. And I think, you know, he would have, have had a lot of interest from other clubs. So the back row, really impressed with them. And I think that they're playing really, really well, a strong unit. And I think to have Finn back in the squad is just, going to provide the squad with a lot of confidence so I've got high hopes but at the same time I do agree with what you guys are saying you know us Scots can you know one one win we can tend to get a little bit ahead of ourselves but you know I'm quietly confident that I think this weekend's game is going to go in our favour. Right so we knock over the Welsh at the weekend and then we go into the biggest game of what the biggest game of the tournament against the French it's going to be a and it's away. Not that not that away matters that much currently, because you're not playing in front of a not playing in front of a big crowd, um, not playing in front of any crowd. If you can get over that, if the chances of beating them over there, do, 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 do you think we can we, we can do it? Definitely got a chance. I think um, I think if we win this weekend, especially um, the French, are oh, they're they're looking like the team to beat. I thought they were the team to beat last year and thankfully Scotland managed to, to ruin their Grand Slam hopes um, but unfortunately that led to England winning the Six Nations but um, they, they're just incredible and they, they should have been incredible for the last decade I don't know what like I don't know whether it's just new coaching teams really found um, a way to make them sing because they've always got a massive pack they've always got incredible backs but they just seem to just I don't know, just be very French at times and just you don't think, turn up. You almost think that, I would compare it, Rudy, as, as, as like the same version of Pakistan at cricket. Are they a bit like that? That on their day, they can beat anybody in the world, but they can also know, look yeah. terrible on another day. Yeah, exactly. No, it's a, it's a, it's a good way to look at it. And it is, it's just, and you just wonder like what... Like it must just be a men mentality thing, and it's so whether the hopefully the um, their coach for them has has really sort of drilled in a sort of culture and a mentality that that is just getting them more consistent, and becoming more ruthless, um, whilst keeping the the sort of natural joys of their game that that, that is just so so good to watch. I mean, hopefully for us. They have a little slump <laughs> in the middle of the tournament, but um, but yeah, it's it will be it's it should be a cracking game. I think it's two teams that are well balanced, uh, playing really good rugby, and it could be a cracking game. I think. Rudy, can I ask a question? And Adam as well. Have you guys played at Twickenham, both of you? I have. Yeah. Yeah. It was something that I'm speaking to a few people about, and I mentioned to you lads in in, in the group chat earlier was. You know that atmosphere at Twickenham must be quite um, electrifying, I suppose. But is it intimidating as well? And I wanted to touch on that. Shaky mentioned going to France. You know, it won't be that much a difference because there's no crowd, and you can see it with the results in the football games as well. The away teams are winning games. 
do you think that had a big difference on Saturday? And what's it like to play at Twickenham in front of that English crowd? Yeah, no, I, I think that it will have its impact. Um, you know, playing playing at Twickenham is difficult, man. There's no doubt about it. You know, when England are, are playing well and, and the crowd get behind them, uh, it's, a, it's a huge stadium. There's, you know, I've played sevens there. I've played for Scotland in fifteens there. It's a cracking place to play rugby. But I definitely think that the fact that crowds are not at games will, will make a difference. And you know, I, I think it's a little bit different for Scotland going to France because I think when you look at French teams in general they, they often on the road don't perform as well um, and I think for them say for instance if they were coming up to Scotland to play us here you know I think potentially us not having a crowd here might make more of a difference to them than it would for us um, but I, I, you know I think that the way that Gregor Townsend approaches sort of the game and, and the mental side of things, we'll be trying to cover all bases and we'll, we'll be trying to, to help assist the players through the sort of differences that we're seeing, you know, playing away games and having no crowds there and, and things that you can do to sort of really um, sort of emphasise, you know, maybe what that effect has for you if crowds are there, you know, and things that you can do to sort of make up for it. So I don't, I don't think that um, it'll make much of a difference for Scotland, but you know, potentially for for the French teams, it, it, it could play a part in things. So hopefully, it's going to be an advantage for us. But yeah, it's um it's certainly a cool place to play to a crumb, and you know, may get to play there again. But who knows? <laughs> so we beat the French, and we move into the next game, which is a, a home fixture against the Irish. Surely we're in the home straight by this point. Um, this is what will probably going to come back to bite me in the arse. I can tell, but. Irish at home, listen, it's never an easy game playing the Irish. They're they a tough, tough bunch. Hello, how are we doing? Uh, they're, a, they're a tough, tough bunch of the Irish. But what do you, do, you fancy, do you fancy us in that fixture as well? Yeah, I think so. I think um, I guess there's, there's certainly not a game this, this year, I think, that, that sort of should scare you. I think um, Ireland are again a bit of a funny one. They're... Um, they're obviously a cracking team. Um, Shaky, again, you, get ahead, you get ahead of yourself here. You're asking these boys about all these wins we're going to have. And <laughs> but, listen, we just but, beat England, mate. I'm, I'm mate, being typical. I'm being typical Scottish right now, mate, and I'm getting ahead of myself. And I'm mate, looking at mate, the trophy now. Mate, these lads have not got crystal balls here. Right? Listen, <laughs> at the end of the day, let's just get the Welsh beat on Saturday, and then we'll take it from here, right? Step by step. You know, you're asking really, <laughs> Adam. We need to discuss these fixtures because this, this, it, we're only doing an episode a month. So I want to get their input. But <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, I'm, I'm, I'm visualising this right now that we're winning each game. So I'm using that. Like I'm I, Shaky, I'm visualising you playing touch rugby, mate. That's what I'm <laughs> <laughs> Be a sight to behold. Let's, let's, talk about, let's talk about club rugby, lads. How hard is it for boys at the moment like there's no club rugby you know it, it, you know in terms of obviously a lower level level when it comes to scotland uh, i know obviously glasgow and edinburgh are playing but i heard someone complaining about some of the english lads were quite underprepared as well was that saracens or something like that they mentioned is that quite a, a big effect on the, these lads as well i think it will have had an effect i think um so saracens obviously they um for anyone that was unaware they they got relegated last year because of uh a salary cap breach. So they'd been yeah. screwing the system for a while to get the best squad. And that's why they kept knocking us out the European cup when we were at Glasgow. <laughs> um, so, so they've been knocked down, they got relegated and they've sort of gone with the route of, they're not going to play any of their stars in the championship because they think they'll just romp it anyway. So they're just giving their chance. They're giving their, um, stars a chance to rest but sort of came back to kick them in the, the backside a little bit because uh, I think they were a bit rusty and un unprepared to, it just shows you that leap into international rugby you really need to be match fit match um, ready and they weren't so it's definitely I think that that hindered them a little bit um, in terms of club rugby in Scotland I think um, is it's a real shame I think um, like I coach a local actually was before he 
started jet setting to America and Hawaii. Um, we were coaching at a local club just around the corner, Glasgow Ackies. And it's been brutal. And like these poor guys for they, for months up until sort of Christmas time, they were knocking their pan in, training, coming out in crap weather, um, just waiting for that sort of carrot on the, on the stick to say when we're going to be allowed to play rugby again, because it's, they do it for fun. It's not like guys that like, Pros, they get paid. It's it's maybe pretty crap at the minute. There's no fans, but they're still getting paid. They're still getting to do what they love. Uh, whereas these club guys, where it's a release, um, it's the thing they look forward to at the weekends, and it's just like there's nothing. It's just it's it's a real shame for these guys, and certainly missing that camaraderie, sort of down the club on a Saturday, playing a game, and then enjoying a few pints. And um, really, did, did they not set up a, a new sort of rugby system? in Scotland where they were, you know, was there not like a team in South or down the South or got together or Melrose joined certain players? How was there not some new structure they were impl- implementing soon? Yeah, so, I mean, that was the, I think that might have been the Super 6. So it was like, they tried to create this semi-pro. So it's like, you've got the pros and then the semi-pro and then the yeah. amateur stuff. So there's a, more of a pathway into the, the pro setup. So they had sort of six teams. So there was like a borders team couple of teams in Edinburgh. That's not happened, is it? Been completely wiped yeah, it's out. Been, it's been, yeah, it's been wiped this year. I don't know it's whether it's going to come back. I don't I don't know what, what the crack is with that. Mm-hmm. No, it's a shame. Hey, guys, I was the first professional player in Scotland to make a debut in the Super 6 competition. <laughs> but the, um, I, 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 it's, um, it, the thing is, like, it's a good competition I think is going to be good for young players but what we've seen in Scotland is that a lot of the more experienced club players that were playing uh, in the Premiership which was the, the the setup that they had before have now left to go and play at lower league clubs because they've put um, there's, there's budgets in place for each team and it basically means that players can only get paid a certain amount of money per game or if it's a fee or if it's a, a contract that they're on so I think that the the level is actually not as good as the Premiership, and there's not much between it. You know, like it's not like it's dropped considerably, but um, you know, I think it's probably going to take three or four years to 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 sort of develop this league and to get it up to speed. I think one of the good things is that we're seeing uh, it's opened up an opportunity for for overseas players to come in um, who might you know then become qualified for Scotland or, you know, potentially it's somebody who's been overseas who's got a, a Scottish parent who's living in Australia might want to come and play rugby here. But because it's a slightly more professional setup, these people are being attracted. Um, so there's that upside to it. But it's, um, you know, I don't know when it's going to start back up, um, but hopefully soon because, I mean, I think the only upside to the, the current situation, you know, for rugby fans and players is at least the professional games on at the moment. The Six Nations is happening, you know, the club, the professional club stuff's happening. Uh, but I do feel for the guys that, you know, like, like Rudy said, uh, you know, when they're working nine to five, Monday to Friday, they enjoy going to their club training on a Tuesday, Thursday night and a Saturday. It's a release, it's a break away from the stress of, of everyday living and work. So fingers crossed we can get back up soon. I think sport, I think sport could, is possibly getting affected at the moment because you can imagine how many young lads and young talent are not getting a chance to display that talent on the rugby pitch. And that goes across a lot of sports because of COVID. So I think you might see a, a sort of a, a diverse in, in class there, so an ability. So it's a, it's a shame at the moment, but shaky back to you, mate. No, but I think the good thing is the professional sport is is, is buzzing. I mean, we, we've had a great week uh, as a cricket fan. Test cricket has just had a fantastic week. You know, people are buzzing for it. Um, the Six Nations has started brightly. You know, we're excited. Hopefully, we're going to have really big, big games in Scotland in the Euros. And then you've got the Euro, and then you've got the Euros where we'll turn England <laughs> over again. Whether that's me and my crystal ball again. So, um, <laughs> look, I think it's been it's been. You know great. why this has happened, Katie? Why? It's, be, it's because uh, it's because the the pubs have been shut in Scotland. So <laughs> you know, we're not alcoholics anymore. We've now started to apply ourselves to sports. So I don't know if you noticed, mate. I don't know. If you noticed, uh, I, don't know if, I don't know if you noticed, mate. But we've actually just become the uh, the, the top uh, country in the world for drink and uh, drug abuse. So I'm not sure if, uh, if that's actually the, the best thing. But I think we feel, we're winning something. I well. But I think in terms of, uh, I think the pubs, if they're open on Saturday night, I, I feel sorry for the landlords. I have to admit, the pub landlords out there, I feel for you because the amount of bevy that would have been drunk on Saturday and Sunday after that victory, 
I feel sorry for all you boys and, and girls. But listen, we'll get in the pub soon. We'll be back to normal. We'll be, we'll be watching Bye. Scotland win the Six Nations, as Shaky has already told us. Well, I was just going to say, I was just going to finish, I was just going to finish by saying, so after we beat the French, turn over the Irish, the Italians to finish the job off. It's a, it's a given. It's a given. So Scottish rugby, you know, listen, here's hoping this doesn't come back and bite me in the backside. But we've done that. We've started tremendously well. You'd like to think, sound, I mean, sound, I'll, I'll say, Rory, you've said we're going to turn the Welsh over. I never said it. You said we're going to turn the Welsh over. Uh, I, you, you said, but the French, you've talked the French up, but it sounds like they're a bit hot and cold. I reckon they'll have a cold day that day. We'll turn them over. And then so on, so on. But really, seriously, as a final thought, what's your predictions? Uh, for the, who, who do you really see? Do you think the French are the favourites? And are we are we in contention to compete with them? Or is there anybody else in the mix? Shaky, if your predictions are right here, we're, you're going to be getting a promotion to Sky Sports in the next month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's uh, what I'm, 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 I'm going for. I'm going for Scotland. I would say, right? I'm going Scotland, France, Wales, Ireland, Italy. England are just going to fall off. Fall off. <laughs> Scotland. Scotland are four to one. With uh, we're not affiliated with any betting companies, so I will not say what company I'm looking at. But Scotland <laughs> are four to one. Shaky, remortgage the house, get the money on, we're on it. And, and let's lay let's lay the French. They're sixty five favourites, but um, Scotland all the way for me. It's a banker. It's a banker. It's a banker. Uh, do, you know do you know what the most Scottish thing in the world? Which could happen. We'll beat France. We'll beat Wales. We'll beat France. We'll beat Ireland. We'll lose, and then to, we'll, Italy. We'll lose to Italy in the last game. It, it could happen. <laughs> just be like... I mean, you look at the football. You look at the football. Oh, the times, last yeah. couple of qualification processes, we beat the big teams and then we drop points against. But fingers crossed, they don't take their eye off the ball. I think. Only mere, mate. Super John McGinn's there. Didn't you worry about that? <laughs> He's got to come. Scott McSauce as well. He's <laughs> I think uh, I think it's, it's bright times in, in Scottish sport. It's fantastic. Cricket just beat the English a couple of years ago. Great win at Twickenham. Um, here's hoping the football will be good for us. Great that we've made a big major tournament after so long. So brighter times ahead for Scottish sport. I want to say a big thank you to you chaps, especially to this guy who's taking his time away from the beach in Hawaii and whatever That's else big. he's doing, got planned for the rest of the day, for joining us. Uh, Rory, I'd say a massive thank you to you, but I don't think you were doing, don't think you had much planned, mate. I didn't have much else on. <laughs> just, yeah, I was just uh, got out of feeding my daughter, so I'm quite happy. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Chaps, appreciate it. Take care of yourselves, and uh, I look forward to getting this, getting this out, and uh, here's hoping for a big victory on Saturday against the Welsh. Here we go. Thanks for having us. And, and thanks to the rugby expert, Ryan Flanagan. <laughs> Top analysis. <laughs>